0: Okay, Okay. so let's say that Marty McFly from Back to the Future jumps out of the DeLorean and busts into your waiting room in your GP clinic in Western Sydney right now. He comes specifically for reassurance that this year in 2021, we definitely no longer use fax machines and host patient information on local servers in GP clinics. Imagine the disappointment on his face when you tell him, look, sorry, Marty, it's, it's just not like that in healthcare. And then he goes, oh, well, I guess... It's not like there's been a massive global disaster or pandemic or anything where everyone needs to have access to information and it's interoperable and anything like that. Sorry, Marty. It could happen. And my guests today are focused on not disappointing Marty if he ever does come back to the future to check on the state of healthcare technology in Australia. I'm talking to Michelle O'Brien and Matt Galetto from MediRecords, all about how the cloud and interoperability will shape the future of healthcare delivery in a broad range of settings Along with some examples of new models of care that are happening already. Great Scott, Team Health Tech, let's make it happen!
1: Welcome to Talking Health Tech with Peter Burge, a podcast featuring conversations with key players and influencers to promote innovation and collaboration for better healthcare enabled by technology.
0: With me today are Matt Galletto and Michelle O'Brien from Medi Records. Matt is the CEO and founder of Medi Records and has over twenty years of experience. In healthcare information technology. Michelle is Head of Strategy at Matty Records with over 25 years of experience in a number of senior executive roles advising on digital health transformation. Hey guys, how are you going? Thank you. Nice to be here. It's fantastic to be able to connect and have a chat in this podcast setting. The three of us have spoken a lot over the last couple of years, so I'm quite familiar with the Medi Record story, which I'm sure we'll cover at some point, but it's going to be great to really understand it from your perspective. So we might just start by asking you to introduce a little bit more. Uh, Michelle, did you want to start with yourself?
1: Yes. I've had a very interesting background, but always in technology. I don't like to talk about how many years I've actually worked in tech, but I think it's even longer than Matt's, according to the bio. I first started with Reuters working um, back in 1990 on some of their earliest data projects, teaching analysts how to analyse data, developing some of the first executive information systems. I moved into Oracle, working in channels and alliance and strategic partnerships. And then for some reason, in 2011 I decided health tech was the industry for me and I, I've been working pretty much in the oh patient engagement and some consulting so very long time in health tech.
0: Excellent, thank you. And Matt, what about yourself?
1: Well,
2: I've got a different background. I've, I actually have a degree in marine biology and, and biochemistry from uh, James Cook University. So certainly a big pivot from that. Yeah, worked as a scientist for a little while, moved overseas, uh, you know, to London. Did the Australian travel thing. Got into computing over there and programming and technical design and architecting, and then made my way back to Australia. I started in health technology in the late '90s. Actually, I was working for another clinical and software practice vendor back in the day worked there for you know, three or four years and then uh, moved into another business called Asterix, which I founded, which is a clinical and data analytics business. ran there for several years and then moved into MediRecords actually in 2013.
0: And so from 2013 to now, MediRecords, actually, I might get you to explain a bit for those that aren't familiar with MediRecords, what it is and you know the problem it solves and all of that kind of stuff.
2: About 2013, there was the, the rise of a company called Zero, which was an accounting product that sort of looked to shift on-premise accounting software through to the cloud as actually a New Zealand company. I looked at that as an example of how we might be able to apply the same sort of paradigm shift in health technology. Um, with my experience having worked at previous clinical and software practice vendors, I was actually a medical director, there was a, I saw there was an opportunity. So, you know, put together the PowerPoint presentation, did the pitch to some investors in sort of 2014, thought this was a good idea, managed to convince some local investors or the passionate of you know contributing to, to health here in here in Australia and you know within a year was sort of up and running and next thing you know, I'm developing a clinical and practice management product, many records. So, yeah, that that, that started in 2014.
0: Yeah. And so, you know, we're now in 2021 and you've been on that journey for a while, one of the first, probably the first cloud practice management systems in Australia. How's that journey been? And obviously cloud, people know that predominantly most practice management systems in like family GP centers are not cloud-based. They're based in servers within the practice there. So you can't access that information from the web. You don't get it on a web browser. You have to be in that location on that network to access it. So most still operate like that. Why would you say that cloud's been like has it had a slower uptake than you would have initially predicted in primary care, Matt?
2: Certainly, I, I thought it would go a lot faster than it has. There's no doubt about it. Having started the journey in 2013, but many records launched in 2016, probably around July August. There was another specialist uh, cloud product that came to market into cloud in that same year. Um, but that's only four, four to five years ago, which isn't actually that long, certainly not in health land. Perhaps in other verticals, accounting, finance, you know banking payments, you know, that, that's a lifetime. But in health, things take a little bit longer. Uh, you know the risks are greater, particularly if you get things wrong. Systems are really complex. Um, there's a lot of moving parts. There's actually a lot of different applications. There's the practice management side, there's the clinical side, there's specialists, allied health, GPs... Very, very complex systems, highly fragmented and niche clinical workflow. So the challenges were there to definitely shift the market and move away from some of these on-prem solutions to cloud. But in reality, my view was that cloud technology, essentially being a you know centralized service offered to the customers, would have generate significant operational improvements in the way those practices would run their businesses when you're able to centralize the ability to upload fee schedules, you know, drug recipes, drug databases. Mm-hmm. Um, vaccine schedules on a regular basis. You can do that overnight, and essentially with cloud tech. With the other systems that are on-prem, it can take a little bit longer. And if you just take a step back, and you know, back in 2013, 2014, I think even CDs were still being distributed to the practices to do self-installation. So there's a long way to come, but the benefits of the, the cloud are definitely there. And you know, four years in, in health tech, as I said, I think is probably not a long time, four or five years, and we've got a bit more way to run.
0: There has been quite a few successes in that short period of time with Medi Records. What would you describe some of those, like the biggest successes you've had over those times as the milestone successes so far?
2: Well, not surprisingly, they're in those markets where companies need to operate at scale, you know, on a national basis, high volume number of users, big transactions. So our successes, um, you know, surprisingly have come from those enterprise markets, you know, as opposed to your, your mum and dad sort of GP or your small to medium sized practice. So, yeah, we're operating in Queensland Health. We run their private practice operations across 13 of the health hospital services uh, statewide. Um, and that's been going well since probably 2018, I think. And um, more recently, last year, we, we supported um, Health Direct, you know, spinning up the coronavirus helpline. In both scenarios, you know, we've been able to connect it to enterprise, you know, um, resources, you know, things like their active directory services for security, you know, um, call centre contact management software to support inbound and outbound call telephony services um, connected to uh, patient administration systems, so hospital systems. So a little bit of a pivot in a different direction perhaps to what I expected going back to 2014, you know, when we were looking at targeting GPs primarily. But um, nonetheless, there's still uh, electronic health record systems. They're providing primary and you know care, ambulatory care, um, and in the case of media records, um, you know, uh, I think one of the point of differences for our product. Um, not only do we have a sort of you know, that patient engagement piece. Um, through through apps and stuff. But you really need to create that modularity in the system so you can support you know, the movement of data across, you know, healthcare settings from allied health to GP to specialists. Um, and then, you know, I think, you know, looking at what's going to happen in the market going forward, really sort of bridging that gap between, you know, tertiary and secondary care. And, and so I think that's where the power of the, the the cloud and interoperable systems, you know, speaking the same language can really come to bear.
0: Mm. The adoption of cloud moving forward, then it sounds like there's quite a fair bit more opportunity out there, obviously, and I assume you're only expecting it'll accelerate. Is that about right?
2: Absolutely. There's no doubt that COVID's accelerated health technology. I've heard some reports where it's accelerated by five, six years, and and I I don't know what the number is. The the fact that the patients haven't been able to go into their GP clinics and get a regular service is, is, you know, we've... Telehealth coming out and um, supporting patients in their care. That has generated a big shift, and I think that's accelerated, and we're seeing it in the market just generally.
0: So, Michelle, to you, hearing that story as well of about how, you know, Medi Records is. Seen those successes with those enterprise clients with quite, I guess, specific or somewhat bespoke requirements, but utilizing the technology and infrastructure that is and the opportunities that exist with MediRecords. Records. It sounds like then the opportunities and the future around a lot of these types of arrangements are result in more, say, consultative conversations with these clients and creating solutions for them rather than, say, pumping out a bunch of features and then saying, you know, here's our product for you to use. Would you agree that it's become more of a consultative approach in dealing with these organizations?
1: Absolutely, Pete. Um, What we've been finding now is as people are considering disrupting their organisations or their healthcare models of care, they're coming to us and sitting down and having conversations about how they could use the technology, particularly around virtual care, because we're effectively in a continually disrupting market. And to be able to take advantage and be You know, you can never be sure of what the regulatory requirements the government's going to do. You know, the pandemic's a perfect example of not knowing what's going to happen next week. So being able to have technology that is flexible, that's scalable, that can, you know, help your organisation to pivot quickly is going to be key to the success of organisations in the future. So we are having, you know, daily conversations with organisations to help support how they are going to take these opportunities forward. Excellent. And so from your side, then
0: where do you see those opportunities or those predictions, I would say, about the opportunities that exist in the next, say, three, five years?
1: We're seeing strong um, movements. I mean, the virtual care models, which require that the, well, the patient often can't be in front of the clinician. How do you create the technology around delivering care in a remote setting? So remote patient monitoring, AI, um, the use of data to support patients remotely is very much a key factor in the conversations. I would say the hospital in the home models, virtual care, I mean, that's the key flavor of everything at the moment.
0: And Matt, from your perspective, question without notice, but just dealing with the enterprises and particularly in as you've gone from a solution, which I guess when you first envisaged it, it would be that the core application might be with, you know, SMB single GP clinics around the country, utilizing it now working more with, you know, enterprise clients. If you were providing advice to other founders, particularly within healthcare, creating software solutions for enterprise, are there any kind of advice or tips or just things to think about if you're trying to have those conversations with enterprises? I mean, how do you even get those big fish opportunities? Is it anything you can provide?
2: Well, oh, they're certainly long burns. They're long conversations that can last a great deal of time. What would I say to an inspiring founder? Resilience. Resilience would be the key thing. It takes a long time to build a quality product and a team, particularly around you, to support the business. Something that Michelle said earlier around you know agility and being able to pivot and move in a slightly different direction that's adjacent to perhaps where you're the market that you're seeking to to target initially and just being flexible in your approach to to, to your particular um, problem solving and helping your customers, as Michelle's quite rightly pointed out, in a consultative way, in a co-creation way, because there's a lot of, um, you know, the technology is offering new capabilities and new methods of talking to their patients. And it's a little bit of a discovery because there's so much unknown, particularly with the virtual care. Um, So the kinds of conversations we're having, we're almost co-designing some uh, models of care because it's just all so fresh and new.
1: Pete, the other thing that we're really seeing too is that the consumer's been disrupted. What was previously, a, I guess, a parental model of healthcare is now changing to consumers making decisions about how they want to be treated. They're having better access to their healthcare information and they're becoming mobile. So, you know, traditional healthcare structures don't exist Anymore, so the you know the opportunities are amazing if you can use the technology to embrace them.
0: No, that's good advice. Hey, look, I'm interested to understand what the future holds for you guys. What will Medi Records be working on in 2021 and beyond? Maybe start with Matt.
2: We're actually now looking at an iteration um, improvement on, on Medi Records, a version two. We're calling it in, in-house, and it really sort of talks to some of those uh, solving some of those problems around. Improving the you know the configurability, the adaptability, the flexibility of the product to meet those particular niche clinical workflows and, and use cases. There is a, that disruption that Michelle talked about that's going on in the market. Crossover between public and private, you know, from primary care to health insurers, from tertiary, you know, right down to, to primary care and secondary care, and then the middle. And so, how are these systems going to? talk to each other. How is a single system um, going to support providers of care across those verticals? And the answer in our view and is to create, I'm going to use the word sort of sales falsify, the, you know, the application to to, 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 good one. <laughs> to generate that, you know, where it can be configured to, and to, to meet the particular use cases of, the, of um, the enterprises, the GPs, the specialists and the allied health professionals. You know, from the SMB to, to the corporate. We do service the GP market. So um even though I talk about enterprises being a particularly you know successful area of operation for media records, we're growing customer base across all of those primary healthcare settings from GPs, um, specialists in particular, and allied. But in order to do that, the system needs to be configurable. It needs the end user to be able to create fields, customize forms, build out some clinical workflows, have access to the data build out their own dashboards and views of their information so that they can understand you know not only from a clinical sense but also you know the operations of the business you know those views really typically span multiple sites multiple locations and you know over a long period of time looking at that longitudinal data set so
0: It's interesting, isn't it? Because there's, you know, more and more is more, I guess, entrepreneurial or bespoke health providers spin up and like brand new clinics where, you know, their expectations of technology is that they've got something that's cloud-based, but then They've got data everywhere, and they want to be able to configure it and be able to make it do this particular workflow for their particular business. And until now, everyone's got to deal with these kind of hacks and workarounds. But in any other kind of industry that they're working in, or that the solutions they've got, they can use the APIs on the back end. Even if they're a single clinic in you know some random location, they're not a large enterprise, and that's kind of the expectation that other industries have set for you know these people who are setting up their own clinics and wanting to be able to use things. So it would be interesting to enable that kind of enterprise-grade kind of flexibility at a, you know, SMB level where people can...
2: Yeah, exactly. And you're seeing that in all the other verticals. You only have to look at some of the other software that's operating in that space to see, you know, where the trend is around creating those configurable workflows and design the application to meet your particular use case and business requirements. So it's it's very exciting for us to explore that and um, it's, you know, in part driven by some, you know, customers. But we've also got the benefit, as has a couple of others, um, of taking, you know, four, five, six years worth of customer, customer feedback and applying that back into the product. So we're in a very fortunate position to be able to take all of that knowledge, all of that experience and build that back into your product and, and then take that back out to the market.
0: You're probably in the best position to do that. So that's really exciting to see what's going to come ahead. Um, Michelle, anything else before we close out?
1: Um, the remote monitoring capability, we're going to be absolutely building out on that in 2021. In, in 2020, we were able to integrate remote monitoring devices into records so that they were able to be seen on a single dashboard. And I guess everything around the data, I think, is key. Building out our platform to be very much data-driven forms, I think, are going to be a very important part of the future, coded forms. Yeah. Very exciting. I've
2: cool. got a little bit of a pitch for you, Pete. So um, we're, we're launching our API uh, as a product and marketplace uh, website next month, actually. So um, towards the end of next month.
0: Yeah, right. Around about the time this episode comes out, actually. Normally, it's about a month after um, recording that they get released. So,
2: yeah, so we're super excited to, to launch that. And it's been designed in consultation with um, all of our customers that have provided feedback on how they want to sort of access the system through API it's so,
1: and one more thing, I think I should mention because it's been such a challenging year, twenty twenty. We were very excited to bring on the Black Dog Institute as a customer of Medi Records, and we're hoping to work more closely with them in the future around designing and the use of data in um, suicide prevention and um, the treatment of mental health.
0: Yeah, that's great. That's it's well rounded, and there's lots of opportunity and things to keep you busy with such a capable team. So. Good luck to all of you for what you've got ahead. I'll put the details of MediRecords and all the links to those things, including the new API as a service feature that you've got available to people they can check out. Michelle and Matt, thank you so much for your time. Thank
2: you. Thanks very much.
1: Thanks for listening to the show. Check out TalkingHealthTech.com to connect with other people in our community and to learn more about the Australian health tech industry. Also, make sure you hit subscribe on your favourite podcast player so you don't miss an episode and share this episode with a few people who need to hear it. Now go make it happen.